Hi, and welcome to episode two of Sharing Jesus, a simple podcast where we are sharing scripture, testimonies, and prayers with one another, simply sharing Jesus. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter one and chapter two, so brace yourself. It's going to be a few minutes of reading, but it is so good, I promise. So we're starting at chapter one, verse 18. Afterwards, I will share with you some things that the Lord kind of put on my heart about these. So we're at the birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give him birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Chapter 2 After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born, in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent, to, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. 
When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what, uh, sorry, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is he is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother to go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and went and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when they heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. Wow. Obedience. Man, it's not too late, but it's been a struggle for me. And it's true that my spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak. By the way, I'm no longer in the Bible, just so you know. We ended with, he will be called a Nazarene. The flesh is weak. But reading here, I am struck over and over again by Joseph's obedience, even when it was hard, harder than I could even imagine. He was engaged to Mary when he found out that she was pregnant. He planned to divorce her quietly, but immediately obeyed without argument and without hesitation when an angel told him in a dream to marry Mary, that her child was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He even chose not to have union with Mary until after she gave birth to Jesus. Not only was he obedient, but he took it a step further and put his own fleshly desires to the side in order that God's glory would be the only one to shine through and for there to be no doubt at all that Jesus was the son of God, not Joseph. To God be all the glory. He obeyed the government. That's Joseph. Joseph obeyed the government when he was told to go to Bethlehem to be counted for the census. After the Magi visited, Joseph immediately obeyed when he was told in a dream to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. This immediate and absolute obedience saved Jesus' life. Later, Herod died. Joseph had a dream in which an angel told him to take Mary and Jesus back to Israel. He obeyed immediately, again, without question. And as they were on their way to Israel, Joseph had another dream in which an angel told him to divert, and they settled in Nazareth. Joseph wasn't headstrong, and although Nazareth was not his original destination, he obeyed immediately and without argumentation or hesitation. All of those moments of obedience were life-giving, life-saving moments. They also all fulfilled prophecies. What if Joseph hadn't obeyed in any of those given scenarios? But the fact is he did obey. He was in relationship with God. He trusted and obeyed the Lord. You know, it's not like Joseph could have just loaded up an SUV or a minivan with Mary, Jesus, and all of their belongings. No, (laughs) it was a donkey. Can you even imagine how long and uncomfortable that ride was? Can you imagine what Mary may have thought or 
maybe even said, I know what I would have thought. Are you kidding me? We just rode this donkey all the way here to Bethlehem while I was nine months pregnant. I gave birth. My body still aches and I'm adjusting to being a brand new young mom trying to figure out this nursing thing. And you want me to get back on that donkey with this tiny little baby and go all the way to Egypt? (laughs) But praise God that he chose Mary and Joseph and not me. They obeyed. The Bible doesn't really say if they debated the issue with God or each other or if they felt this or what they felt in those scenarios. But we know that they trusted God because when his angels told them it was time to go, they went immediately because they were obedient. Jesus lived and the prophecies were fulfilled. The Magi also obeyed in this in the scriptures that we read today. They did as King Herod commanded and they went to Jesus to worship him. Interesting, though, how they obeyed the king, but they did it with pure intentions and a pure heart. They also stayed pure and obedient when on their travels, they had a dream where an angel warned them not to go back to Herod. And so they didn't. Again, this saved Jesus's life. God always has a plan. It isn't necessarily comfortable or easy for us, but it may be saving our lives without us even realizing it. What blessings and life-giving or life-saving am I missing in my disobedience? What am I trading in or giving up in order to hold on to the little bit that I have or that I get? Am I trading great or incredible for the good that I have right now? God, please forgive me in my disobedience and my lack of faith and my lack of trust. God, please help me to see you every single day. Please help me to trust you, to rely on you, to obey you. Please help me to be sensitive enough and quiet enough to hear your voice above all else, Lord, and to have the courage to obey even when it's hard. Even when I can't understand the why or the how, God, please help me to just trust you and to live by faith one step at a time with you, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word lighting my path. Thank you, God, for loving me unconditionally, even when I am disobedient and lacking faith. Thank you for forgiving me and for holding me and never giving up on me. Thank you, Lord, for always providing exactly what I need. I love you and I praise you, Lord God. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and hallelujah, Lord. Friends, if you are listening to this and and you know in your heart that Jesus is just calling you into deeper relationship, I ask you to just give your life over to Jesus Christ in this moment. Just make a decision of your heart. Just proclaiming to him in prayer, God, I am a sinner. I am sorry. And God, I know that you are the creator of this earth. You are my creator. And God, I need you. Please, God, I give my heart and my life over to you and over to your will. Father, please have all of me. Please help me to live by your will and in your love for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.